0: Hello, this is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of The Raging Skillet, New York's wildest catering company, if I do say so myself, and welcome once again to Raging and Eating. And I am talking to you tonight from Sedona, Arizona. How sexy is that? So, sending a big shout out to Arizona and New Mexico. I am so close to you all right now. I'm basically sitting right on top of a vortex. I was kind of like, wait, isn't that where all the powerful healing vortexes are? I need to go find me a vortex and sit on it, because I thought that's what you do, right? You find a vortex and you sit on it. I didn't want to stand on the vortex because I thought maybe that'd be disrespectful. I didn't want to lie on it because I thought, well, maybe that would be too passive. But I figure, you know, I'll find a vortex and I'll sit on it. But um, my fabulous friend Camila explained to me that in fact, you are in one right now. Like Sedona in general is heavy vortex territory, but We are right in the village of Oak Creek at Bell Rock. And it turns out Bell Rock, which is this giant red rock formation, and there's a whole bunch of other giant red rock formations, is like the granddaddy of vortex power. And the vortex is supposed to be some kind of wild, healing, new age, excellent, powerful, life-changing energy. I don't know. All I know is that My girlfriend and I went for a hike, and we are not hikers at all, much as we should be, probably because I live in Manhattan. And I mean, where do you hike in Manhattan? I mean, I hike from the East Village to the West Village, but that doesn't quite count. Anyway, we were warned not to go hiking after sundown because we'd get lost and probably eaten by a snake or a spider or who knows what else. Anyway, so we went for a hike towards Bell Rock which was kind of amazing and I guess it took us about a half hour to get there maybe a little longer and we hiked for 17 or 20 minutes or something like that Um, and uh, started getting worried about getting out before the Sun went down so it didn't last that long but it was gorgeous and I did feel like I was In the midst of some real power i mean i don't know maybe you know it was my imagination but i definitely felt something i felt lighter and and i felt in awe of the giant red rock formations and i felt so small and they felt so big but i didn't really feel somehow ever so slightly altered and it might be just because i figured, well, I'm at a vortex, and so I should be slightly altered, so I might have just done it to myself mentally, but it doesn't matter. The point is that two city girls came to Sedona, and we went for a hike, and we sat on a vortex. There you have it. Now, why am I in Sedona? I'm in Sedona because the play Raging Skillet adapted from my book, The Raging Skillet, about my life Becoming New York's wild chef and owner of the Raging Skillet um, is in Sedona. Well, it actually opens this Friday. It's very exciting. I just went to a dress rehearsal, the first dress rehearsal, and so I guess this is now mm, I'm going to say the seventh time I've seen my life on the stage, and there's no getting used to that. I mean, it was very powerful. And watching an actress play my mother and an actress play me, just wow, it's just powerful. And they did a fantastic job at the dress rehearsal. Really, just great, great people, great actors, great director, great artistic director. I'm cavilling all over myself. It was a lovely, lovely thing. In particular, I thought the director, she really, she really knew how to pull the heartstrings. And that is a gift. And the actor is fantastic. The same brilliant actress who played me in Rochester got to play me here. So I'm now getting used to, or sort of used to, as much as you can, seeing my life on stage and seeing different women play Rossi. It's a strange, surreal thing. And I have to give thanks for that. So I'm giving thanks to the universe for my very strange life in which I've now traveled around the country Uh, and this is seven times or is it eight? Um, Let's see. Five, six, seven. I think it's the seventh time I've seen my life on stage. And it's very humbling. It also sort of reminds me that I really should have been a little nicer to my mother when I was younger. Mom, I'm really sorry about that. But I think you know that. Anyway, as to the vortex, I don't really know what you're supposed to feel or not feel, but I can just tell you when you're in nature and a beautiful breeze is happening and the sun is out and it's the end of the sunny day, so it's not burning you, and you can hear the birds and you can smell, oh my God, the smell, rosemary and thyme and sage just growing wild everywhere flowering purple thyme everywhere. The smells are delicious. And the sense that for just a minute, everything is all right. It's some powerful stuff. So I left Manhattan feeling, well, a little tired and fed up with COVID. I mean, come on, COVID, Diana already. We've had enough. You really kind of ruined 2020. You put a good dent in 2021, but with this Delta variant and all this Khazarai, enough already, Dianu. It's time for you to move on. I think, personally, that we should have a deal with the universe and whatever higher power is up there. That COVID and the Delta variant and whatever other variant there is, should only afflict really, really horrible people. People who are selfish and cruel and horrible and terrible and maybe have really bad body odor and lord over other people and don't do anything nice for other people and are liars and cheaters. Those are the people who should get COVID and all the rest of us should be spared. So I'm guessing there's a whole lot of people who are holding public office that should definitely get COVID. And a whole lot of people who are in the banking industry and who are kazillionaires who just kind of hoard money and don't do anything nice for anyone else. And then all of the decent people who are kind and loving and caring, regardless of their political affiliation, regardless of their religion, regardless of whether they're male or female or young or old, they should not get COVID. So that's what I think. should only be mean, rotten, terrible people. So I'm putting it out there, Lord. Spare all the good people and dump COVID on the bad people. And then we'll just kind of equalize things. Then we'll get rid of all the evil people. And we'll only have good people. And there will be no more wars. And there will be no more cruelty to animals. And there'll be no more bullying and sexual harassment or any of that. You could take care of that right now. So I don't know Is the vortex inspiring me to speak like this? It's hard to say. But maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. So I have been looking at some beautiful, beautiful things since I blew into Sedona. And I just got to see the dress rehearsal of my life on stage by some loving, talented, beautiful actors. That's something, wow. I know, it's crazy, right? My life is a dream. More and more and more, my life is a dream. But, you know what? Opening night is Friday night, and we've got another show Saturday and a huge matinee on Sunday, and the shows are already selling out, and it's going to be a smash. And then Monday, I fly back to New York, and I have to start making sauces and dressings and sautéing onions and making carrot soup and, you know, right back into into the... When we say the cold mines (laughs) To go right back into the mines Only this time It's the culinary mines So I don't really have a chance To get hoity-toity Because I've got too much work to do And what I do for a living Is a very special thing Because I'm a wedding caterer Now it's like If you are a caterer Of birthday parties Or a caterer of corporate picnics Or caterer of baby showers. Maybe what you do doesn't have to be so perfect. Maybe it doesn't have to be perfection. Maybe it doesn't have to be spectacular. Like, so the food at your 28th birthday party wasn't spectacular. But when it's your wedding, that's a whole different story. So I have to take what I do very seriously. And it's been 32 years of cooking for weddings, and really each one has got to be a bit like the first. Because I remember, I was getting a little tired and jaded oh, about 15 years ago or so, and I had a client, a bride, she was very neurotic, oh my god. She asked me so many questions, and they were, they were the reasonable questions like, should we have wine glasses on the table or should we just have water glasses on the table and my answer of course was you should have both you know reasonable questions but then i started getting crazy what if it's windy out Well, it doesn't really matter your wedding is inside what if um people don't like the way i look well that's a personal thing i can't really help you with that but you're a lovely looking person i mean just started getting a little loopy And then one day she called me up and said she wanted something added to her contract. What should happen if on my way to cater her wedding, I should happen to be killed or to die or have a car accident and basically croak? And I was like, first of all, don't put that energy out there. Thank you very much. Second of all, I said, I'll tell you what, I will add it to your contract that if I Am killed your wedding will go on but at that point I lost all patience for her and I stopped returning her phone calls you know I would take days to return her phone calls and you know really it was just a little too much for my for my nerves and her mother called me and said do you know what I do for a living and I, I really didn't know actually I said well you're you know a mother she's like no I am a heart surgeon in an ER unit So every time I go to work, I'm performing emergency open-heart surgery, and I've done so many of these surgeries, I started getting tired and fed up and jaded, and I had a man coming into surgery, and he looked up at me and said, Doctor, this may be your thousands open-heart surgery, but it's my first. Be gentle and so she let me sit with that for a minute and then she said this may be your thousandth wedding but it's my daughter's first and it's the first wedding of my first child please be patient and be gentle and it really rang true it really kind of rang right through me and i never forgot that and so I tried to be really nice and I gave her a beautiful wedding and didn't tell her that she was driving me mental, but ever since then, when I'm fed up with someone, I just try to remember that, okay, maybe they have sent me 155 emails, almost all of which were unnecessary, but I will try to be gentle and I'll try to be patient because weddings are a very special breed. Well, that to say that here I am in Shangri-La sitting on the vortex and seeing my life on stage and feeling, well, feeling like floating away in a lot of ways. Maybe feeling a little resentful that next week I have to go back to work because I wouldn't mind having another week of this red rock vortex love. Wouldn't mind having another week of being with these fabulous actors, too. But I have a really important job to do because I'm going to be catering weddings, several of them next week. And that may be the most important day in life of that couple, or, you know, at least in the top 10. Well, depending on how many times they get married, let's say, it's still, it's a really big deal. So I digress, I suppose, as usual, but I take my job very seriously. Now, I've had an odd life because I'm a writer and a painter and a chef and a businesswoman and a podcaster and a radio host, and I guess there's a few more things I kind of forgot about, you know, all-around mental gentle Jewish lady, but all of these things kind of combine to make me who I am, and it's interesting how many of these things actually are useful in catering a wedding. Like, my having been a bartender, which means I sort of was a psychiatrist, comes in very handy when I'm dealing with my frightened brides and grooms and their parents. Certainly, my being an artist and a writer comes in handy because all of these wild things that happen when I cater people's weddings, well, I have to write about them afterwards. It's how I purge it. The stories are just so juicy. I mean, how can I not they all kind of merge together. And my very odd childhood of being raised Hungarian, Orthodox, Jewish, and white trash, and traveling back and forth from South Jersey to North Florida, all that comes to play in the wedding food too. So just interesting how your whole life kind of mixes together and forms the perfect stew or the sauce or the meal that's your life. So my life now, it's really, they're really all there. My childhood in Panama City, Florida in the 70s, when my mother tried to find kosher food and the store owners would give her pork cracklings and pork rinds and alligator bites and pork intestine and all these horrifying things, at least horrifying to me, no offense thinking maybe that was kosher, or that we wound up having our Passover Seder in the parking lot of a Piggly Wiggly. All these things come to play. And then when I'm creating a bar mitzvah or a bus mitzvah or a wedding, I pull from all of that. My white trash groom? Sure. Why can't you have a peanut butter and bacon sandwich as an hors d'oeuvre? And we'll present it on a silver platter with cascading orchids. Why not? for a little Jewishy fun. Why, why couldn't you have a perfect little latke and then some Jamaican jerk chicken on top? You know, you have to kind of have fun. I, one of the things I love having fun with is coleslaw. I mean, I love coleslaw. Some people do, some people don't. But, um, you know, coleslaw is always like you taste the mayonnaise, you taste the salt, you taste the sugar, you, t- you taste the tang of a little bit of vinegar in there too. Or you should. It shouldn't just taste like mayonnaise. But coleslaw is a great vehicle for so many things in so many ways. So sometimes I'll have like a gorgeous seared tuna. We'll take sushi quality tuna, beautiful tuna. and We'll cut it into logs. And then we'll crust it in black and white sesame seeds. And sear it on all four sides in a super hot skillet so it stays raw on the inside and seared on the outside. We'll slice it. If it's an hors d'oeuvre, very thin and small. We might serve it on a cucumber round or a rice cracker. But if it's a floating supper plate or an appetizer, we still slice it thin, but larger pieces, larger logs of the tuna. Now with that, there's so many things it has to go with something. So I like to make an Asian coleslaw. And what I'll do is we'll throw, we'll, we have a grating machine, so you, we don't have to do it by hand, but basically you want either a fine julienne, or you could use a grade or two, let's say a fine julienne of daikon and carrot, that together you're done, it's kind of gorgeous already. Then you could put one more element. So you have the orange of the carrot and the white of the daikon. What might you want in there? Well, you could do some red cabbage. That would be a beautiful daikon red cabbage and carrot. There's a beautiful coleslaw base. And then I'll make a dressing, because now we're going Asian, out of tamari, not soy. We don't like soy sauce in my kitchen. We like tamari. And I'll take the tamari, and sometimes I will whisk in some sesame oil. That's beautiful. Sometimes I'll whisk in rice wine vinegar. That's a nice coleslaw. I'm kind of partial to mirin So you want to have something sweet You take your tamari you whisk in mirin, which is a very sweet tasting kind of a a Vinegary wine sort of flavor. You'll taste it in sushi rice, but it balances off the tamari and I'll whisk in a little rice wine vinegar and now I will sometimes give it a little bit of sugar. Sometimes the mirin does does the job for me. But you have the tamari and the sweet mirin and the rice wine vinegar, maybe a pinch of sugar, maybe another pinch of salt, maybe not, depending on how you like it. And you let your beautiful coleslaw marinate in that, and you serve that next to the seared tuna. It's a beautiful thing. I also will do a Latin coleslaw. So let's say we have an nice chipotle chicken on one of our beautiful... Appetizer plates or floating supper plates or let's say I do a Churrasco style steak it works for that too and something Latin that needs a little love Chipotle chicken churrasco steak those are great ideas. I'll often do a seared tuna also But instead of the black and white sesame seeds. I'll do chili dusted tuna and then I'll take my coleslaw I'll do white cabbage and red cabbage so now have white and red. I want a third flavor, a third color. Carrot is beautiful there. Carrot's always beautiful. Um, you could also throw j- jicama. Jicama loves going Latin. That's a nice thing to throw in a Latin coleslaw or a Mexican coleslaw. And now I want my dressing to take on a Latin flavor. So we'll do a sherry vinegar. Sherry loves being Latin. And in the sherry vinegar, I'll give it some toasted chili. I'll give it something sweet, so I may whisk in a little bit of honey. I'll give it a little bit of oil. I'll give it a little sugar, a little salt. Sometimes I'll puree it with cilantro. It's a beautiful thing. Very often I'll give it some ground coriander and some ground cumin. So you have your sherry vinegar You sweetened it up with a little honey. You gave it a little cilantro and chipotle and chili powder and cumin and coriander, all those beautiful flavors. You could bring it around with a little oil too if you want. And then you marinate your coleslaw Latin style and you serve it next to your chili-dusted tuna or your grilled churrasco steak or your coriander-crusted tuna or your chili-dusted tuna. All those things are great. Or you could do fajita-style vegetables, maybe make a napoleon out of that. That's another beautiful thing. I guess my point is that coleslaw can go anywhere. You can have your down-home mayonnaise coleslaw. Very often I like to season that with Old Bay for a little New England twist. You can have your Asian coleslaw. You can have your Mexican Mexican or Latin coleslaw. It's a beautiful thing. You can have, sometimes I'll do a very Eastern European-flavored coleslaw and I will season it with toasted caraway. Ooh, that's a gorgeous thing. So I might take apple cider vinegar and some mustard and some sugar and some salt and some toasted caraway that I grind because you don't want the seeds. They're sort of a little too hard on your teeth and then with my Eastern European gorgeous coleslaw, I might serve that next to a pastrami reuben. Why not? That's a gorgeous thing, right? Anyway, it's just a versatile thing. So if plain old-fashioned coleslaw can really travel all around the world and be Japanese and be Mexican and be Hungarian and be anything you want, so can we. because life's short. So why can't we be as versatile as coleslaw. So right now I'm feeling totally healed by the vortex or maybe it's all in my head because, you know, I am a little loopy, as you know, and proud of it. And I'm feeling transformed by the brilliant actors who who I just saw perform a dress rehearsal of my life, my coming full circle with my mother. Mom, we lost you in 1992. But I got to see you again on stage a couple of hours ago. And I hope wherever you are, you saw it too. Because the actress who portrayed you, I think she really did you right. And the actress who who portrayed me, now for her second time in her second theater in her second state, also really did a great job. And the director and, oh my God, all right. I'm cavailing all over myself. So if you want to know more about that, just Google Raging Skillet. Google Raging Skillet the play and you'll see the history or the Raging Skillet the book. I mean, everything. Or just Google Raging Skillet, the Raging Skillet, Chef Rossi, you'll find me and you'll know the whole story so I don't have to keep going on. So maybe you are not lucky enough to be on or near a vortex. Maybe you are not lucky enough to be in a healing, beautiful place. But I'm gonna be going back to Manhattan soon enough. When I go back, I'll have to deal with the fact that there are far too many rats out on the street because they're not cleaning the street often enough lately and because all of the outdoor dining is leaving food on the street and the rats are going crazy. And I'll have to deal with giant deliveries of fish and meat and produce and lots and lots of chazarai and I'll have to deal with bike messengers who drive these bikes with engines on them, and they go 30 miles an hour through the red light the wrong way and almost kill you every five seconds, and I have to fight an overwhelming urge to kick them off their bike and watch them go flying. I'll have to deal with all of that, but I'm going to try and take with me that healing vortex energy so Maybe the moral of this story, if there is one, is if you can't go out and sit on a vortex or stand on one, or whatever you're supposed to do on a vortex, make your own vortex. Just find some beautiful, peaceful energy inside yourself and wrap yourself in it and just feel it. Be better, do better, and remember, if coleslaw can be Asian and Eastern European and Mexican and Latin, what else? It can be Greek. I think I'll do a Greek coleslaw. I'll do some fresh oregano. Ooh, there's an idea. I'm going, I think I'm going to go with that. A lemon oregano Greek style coleslaw. It can be Greek. i got a thousand more ideas. Moroccan, Middle Eastern, I could keep going on forever. But if coleslaw can be all those things, it can be that versatile, that open, to new dishes and new changes and new possibilities. Then so can you, and so can we, and so can I. So I'm wishing you all a big burst of Red Rock Vortex love and sending a huge, huge love kiss to Sedona. I love you, baby, and I hope I see you again very soon. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, for raging and eating. And remember, food is love and so are you now go out and make your own vortex